0: Thank <music> You find authentic Maltese cuisine at Georgie's on Vista in the heart of Fraser Rise. We have a menu to suit everyone, which includes kids and seniors meals and a cocktail list that will need you to come back several times to get through. Our specialty nights are a big hit. Tuesday is $20 Palmer night with a selection of Palmers to choose from. Kids eat free Wednesday night. With every paid adult meal, you get one free kids meal. Thursday is Maltese night. Check out the Maltese specials on our specials board. And Friday night we have happy hour between 5.30 to 6.30pm. Be sure to book your table to avoid disappointment. Bookings can be made via our website, georgesonvista.com.au. See you at George's on Vista. You'll find us at Caroline Springs, George Cross.
1: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Football Out West Show. Tonight we start off on a very sombre note. We've just received news in the last hour that one of our most loyal and one of our most dedicated listeners and a true fan of the show and a true fan of the football community in the Western Suburbs, Maxi Santich passed overnight. Um, to say we're devastated is an understatement, but... Um, but the show must go on, and I think this is something that Maxi would have liked. So our heartfelt condolences go out to his wife Maya and to everyone who knew Maxi Santich at the St. Albans Saints Soccer Club at Gorsevich Bears. And uh, we'll later on we will have a, an opportunity to uh to talk to pay a little bit of tribute to, to Maxi. Um my name is Tonshi Prusatz, and um, joining me is Stephen Craig, a gentleman. What a shock. What an absolute shock, Craig, firstly to you.
2: Yes, Tonsh, when he called me literally 45 minutes ago with the news, um, um, yeah, just devastated. Um, I did ring and speak to somebody from St Albans Saints um, uh, and they weren't aware of it at the time either. So they made a few phone calls and come back and and confirmed it's the case. Um, As you said, you know, 36 years old. Uh, young family. Just just a month ago, he posted on uh, on social media that they uh, they're expecting their second uh, second child. Um, so uh, yeah, devastating news for for everybody. It's uh, um, just seem to be having lots of them at the moment, Donch. And uh, um, you, you just don't think it's gonna anything can happen. But just shows you just don't know what's around the corner. But uh, Maxie was a loyal listener, um, good friend. Uh, yeah, you'll be you'll be missed by by a lot of people.
1: A very very positive spirit in our community, and um, Craig, we're talking off air today. It's you know we're both constantly surprised who tunes into the football out with show, who listens to the football out with show. To all those people, thank you. You know, from the bottom of our hearts, tuning in week in week out. And look, not everyone joins in the chat. There seems to be this little community that that you know always joins in week in week out. You know. Um, Brenton Ray, uh, Mark Sultana, president of our major sponsor George Cro- uh, George Cross, uh, Santino Mamo, Michael Ong, and Maxi, Maxi Santich. He was always there. He was a regular. He was he was he was Steve. He used to watch the Geelong show. He doesn't live in Geelong. He used to watch and tune into the Geelong show and comment. Um, you know, it's 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 absolutely devastating. But when you know you know you've got a young man of mid thirties. Young daughter, another one on the way. Um, absolutely, absolutely tragic, Steve.
3: Yeah, it's absolutely gut wrenching, and a, a, such a somber note to start the show on a show that, because of people like Maxie, that we can have this show every week and make it a real celebration of our community, of our football. And he, he's that kind of guy, and really fortunate to have, have the privilege of having met Maxie. Uh, down at Churchill Reserve, and he is that kind of guy. Maybe you don't even really know him, and he'll come up to you and make himself known and have a bit of a chat. And um, just, just a really lovely, down-to-earth guy. And um, yeah, just in the prime of his life, and taken away from us. It's, it's really hard to find words to, to communicate it at the moment. Other than to really wish our most heartfelt condolences to everyone and so many people that he will have touched in his, in his life in, in one way or another, and friends and family. So. Um, yeah, I think you've put it very well, Tonje uh, and Craig as well. So, um, yeah, it, it's it, it's hard to to move on and just go on about a business and talk about football. But as you said, that's that's um, that's what he would want us to do, and we'll, we'll do our best to to do that tonight. And of course, um, almost fittingly, we will be talking about St Albans tonight uh, in our first mm. part of the show as well.
1: Yeah, yeah but, uh, Craig, who we well. got tonight?
2: Well, we spoke earlier on, didn't we, just before we move on about you know whether 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 we should actually do the show? Um, I tell because it's, the situation, it's here, it's here. but you know, given that Maxi is a loyal listener, uh, and as you said, Steve, you know, it's people like Maxi is the reason we do the show. Um, yeah. So it it seems right that we can continue, and seems right that we uh, pay homage to uh, to him as well. And and as you said, it's. Uh, Fate that um, Saint Albans is is going to be part of the show tonight. So um, yeah, well, let's carry on and, and make it a uh, a good show and uh, and yeah, difficult to put into words. Life word. goes on.
1: life goes on, or as Ned Kelly used to say, "Such is life." For those of you that know the tourist bush ranger, but it is <clears throat> such such is life. Yeah, um, we're going to go go ahead. We're going to push ahead as best we can. But uh, once again, on behalf of all of us here at the Football Outwear Show, on behalf of the entire football community in the western suburbs, to everyone associated at St. Albans Dinam or to everyone associated at the Gorespitch Bears Soccer Club, uh, regardless if you're a fan of the club or not, um, you are definitely a fan of this man if you ever got to know him. Um, I met him twice in my life, I think, twice in my life. But I seen, he just felt like a brother to me because he was there. He was a constant week in, week out. We will miss you. We will miss you, Maxi.
0: George's on Vista is in the heart of Fraser Rise. You'll find us at Caroline Springs George Cross. Looking for a bit of fun with your meals? Tuesday night is bingo night. Bingo books are $2, eyes down at 7 And we have a special bingo menu for you to choose from, so be sure to get in early and grab a bite to eat beforehand. Friday night is poker night. Registration is from 6.30pm, with poker starting at 7.30pm. Why not join us beforehand for happy hour? Kicks off at 530 we're also on Uber Eat so you can enjoy your favourite Georgie's meals in the comfort of your own home. Find us on the app. Dining in? Be sure to book your table to avoid disappointment. Bookings can be made via our website, Georgesonvista.com.au.
1: Life goes on. The show goes on. The football world is an amazing place because there's always something when you're down and out. It picks you up like no other way. Um, I don't think there's very few women in this world that can pick you up the way football can, um, and that's what we're going to celebrate tonight. We're going to celebrate football. So, Steve, uh, let's get on with the news. A lots been happening overnight and 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 in the last twenty four hours. Uh, shall we start with uh, what? Shall we start with the Champions League?
3: Yeah, well, we'll start with news that won't lift the spirits of any Liverpool fans and condolences on this result to Brenton Ray and Liverpool fans in there. But, of course, um, really putting into context, it is only only a game. But that was the 1-0 result that got Real Madrid yet another Champions League title overnight with Vinicius Jr. scoring just inside the one-hour mark. A really good game from Thibaut Courtois to thwart the Liverpool attackers that just couldn't find a way past him. And the uh, the Suhoi goes back to Madrid. So, yep, the, the most successful team in the European Champions League history just claims another title. And a tough week for Liverpool, losing uh, their hopes of uh, going for a quadruple, but they still have a cup double with the League Cup and the FA Cup. So not a bad season all in all and uh, very close to uh, winning an a EPL and Champions League title, about as close as you can get to both. So... That is, the, uh, that is the end of the European showpiece for uh, the season.
1: Yeah, well, we're going to have a short break and then what we'll the European Nations uh, uh, tournament kicks off uh, next year, next uh, month, I should say. But uh, Craig, Real Madrid, what a triumphant um, end of the season, I guess. I mean, <laughs> um, there's a lot of Liverpool out fan- fans out there and they'll be very de- devastated, that's for sure. But, uh, you know, look, the season started, um, they didn't get their hands on some of the recruits that they they thought they were going to get um, but look end of the end of the year they've they've become or end of the f- uh, football year they become very triumphant um what's this going to do for real madrid
2: ah oh, look real madrid are huge they're a huge global football club um i was listening to the commentary of it this morning and i don't think anybody Really thought that Real Madrid would get to the final, given. And, and you look at the teams that they've they've beat along the way. Um, so I suppose sometimes you look at it and you think they've deserved deserved it. Um, I think uh, most people in the world would have liked Liverpool to, to, to win it, um, but on the night they weren't good enough. And um, you know, at the end of the day, <laughs> coutoir was the man of the match for a reason? He's the goalkeeper. He stopped just about everything that was thrown at him. I think twenty shots Liverpool had compared to the Real Madrid's three. Um, but the one that mattered was the one that went back in the net, tonch and uh, that's why they're that's why they're the 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 champions yet again. Yeah. Uh, in terms of your question about players and things, look, I think they're they're absolutely gutted. You've only got to watch the the news. On Mbappe, you know, everything was geared around Mbappe going to the club. It was going to be the new Holy Grail and things were going to start again, but he's not going. Um, but I have to say, uh, Carlo Ancelotti, what a coach, Steve, eh? Mm.
3: Yeah, sensational. Like, people think that, you know, Carlo Ancelotti is is past his prime. He's, um, you know, the game's moved on. The Jurgen Klopp's of this world are the the, the be-all and end-all these days, but he just shows he's got that much wealth of experience. He's got a good backroom staff under him. His, his squad is, you know, still very deep. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens to Real Madrid next season. Uh, you know, is he, is he going to stay around and, and go again? And Barcelona is going to be on the improve now under Xavi. They're going to get their act together. And it's going to be, I think it's going to be an interesting season in La Liga for that football competition yeah. next year. And I think uh, it'll be, yeah, we'll be following that a lot more closely than we did this season.
1: Yeah, Craig. Now um, off the field, there was something like ten thousand fans were um, Liverpool fans, all late to get in, locked out. There was some sort of uh, logistical issues, logistical nightmares. Um, it's it's one of the biggest showpieces around. How can you stuff it up? How can how can organisers honestly stuff things up like that? I'm glad there wasn't no stampede or anything like that, but it could quite easily have got to something very very undesirable. What are your yeah. comments on, on 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 all of that?
2: Yeah, look, I was uh, I was up with uh, with a lot of uh, a lot of people early hours this morning to be uh, to be told that the game was delayed for obviously um, issues getting into the ground. From what they were saying, there was only wow. one turnstile open. Um, it it doesn't it doesn't make sense um, at all. Um, you're quite right. There could have been massive problems, and given given the fact of what's happened to Liverpool in 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 the past. Um it was the last thing that anybody would have wanted. But I'm sure UEFA, um, I'm sure Liverpool um uh, will will be looking at this and I'm sure there'll be an inquiry of some some sorts uh, around what happened. That'd have to be that have to be.
1: Moving to matters close at hand, Steve, the uh we're all wearing our green and black, or there's green and black everywhere. Uh, Melbourne and in particular the west of Melbourne is indeed bathed in green and bl- green and black tonight. And if you've just fallen down from the from the sky in the last shower, we haven't had a shower lately. <laughs> yeah,
3: come down in the last shower,
1: <laughs> yeah. You'll obviously know. You'll obviously know that Western United are a league champions, mate. What what a story! What an incredible story in just three years
3: it is. it's it's an inspiring story for me and and fortunate enough to having had been there last night and and behind the the western service crew area and and the all these supporters who just pulled this thing together in the last three years and everything on field that's happened in that time, the recruits that they've got right. and the night, I would probably put it down to a couple of moments and. You know, I think there was a lot of hope that perhaps Weston could get that early goal, given that they've had so many 1-0 wins this season and they know how to go on with it once they do get that first goal. And to that perhaps, was the key, wasn't it? Uh, sorry? That was the key. That first goal was the yeah. key. Yeah, and perhaps yeah. to do that in front of the home end of fans that were yeah. situated at that northern end. And you sort of think, oh, they've started well, they won a corner, and then the first corner, they only had one corner for the match. And, of course, Previch making the impact and going in in the end off Nuno Reese. Um, that moment there, like, it was just almost surreal. It, it really dictated terms for the game. It, the game state was completely changed from there on in, and the game was on Western United's terms, all importantly. And Krivich, what a quality striker he is. But the other moment that I remember most is probably Leo Lacroix blocking out an attempt where Malcolm City did get in behind. And what a what a good... Um, it was the way he smart, celebrated. Smart footballer. He? Such a smart footballer and such a good... Mm-hmm. Um, athlete as well, the way he puts himself about on the pitch and the way him and the other back four and obviously Jamie Young work together. There was one moment where he got in, he blocked out Melbourne City in one of their few attempts on goal and he turned around to the crowd and he just raised the fist and just said, how about that, boys? Um, You just think, these guys have got it. They're not getting beaten. Nothing's getting past this team and that's the way it went and they went on to win uh, 2-0, Alexander Prijevic, won the player of the match, uh, and and probably rightly so, but, uh, yeah, LaCroix and and Jamie Young, of course, were immense as they had been all series. And they just got that settled team in the final series and they were able to go on with it. They finished the home and away season terribly. It didn't look good. Um, But they got that set team. Uh, They they just put in the same thing. Everyone knew their jobs. And, uh, yeah, just moments like that, just to think that that's come about in three years. They weren't meant to do this this soon. They weren't meant to be doing anything until they had their own stadium. And to see just through... Players that aren't always maybe the most technically gifted, like Conor Payne, but they're just putting in those grit and determination, and it just makes you feel inspired to go out there and try and achieve something great yourself. Just from watching it, I think, um, Craig.
2: Yeah, look, I, I watched the game uh, as soon as that first goal went in. That was that was it uh, for me. Uh, they were never going to lose that game once that first goal went in. I think eleven. Well, there was a there
1: was a great statistic last night by I think Simon Hill said it. Yeah, was it something like nineteen games that that um, was it? Nineteen games that um, Western United have taken a one 0 lead, and they've won 11. fourteen of those games, or something like that. Is it right? 11, 11, Eleven
2: games they've won. They've, they've, they've won. They've won.
1: Six I think are drawn, and maybe might have been seventeen. And one only one out of those seventeen games did they lose. Um that's, that's, I think, this year. Is that right? So yeah, yeah. Uh, it, was a, it was an interesting statistic. But, there's Craig, there's all these little subplots. There's plots and subplots. And we talk about, um, you know, me, uh, Melbourne City having this vast amount of resources and money. And then they are the aristocrats of Australian football. We talk, what Steve just mentioned, uh, the nomads of the league, uh, Western United, what is it? They played at five or six different venues. And then this story is a ripper. This, is great. this photo, for me, encapsulates it all. John Aluisi, sacked by Melbourne Hart, um, was three, four years ago thought, that's it, um, he's never going to be able to coach. He won't get a coaching offer after he's let go of Brisbane Raw. He's been appointed coach of Western United this year. Not only does he take them to the grand final, but he takes them to their maiden title. That is inspiring stuff.
2: Look, we... We, yeah, look, we had uh, John on the show, didn't we? We, was, uh, when we did, job, and he was in hotel quarantine at the time, and I remember him saying that he's he's taken the job because of the backing that the club have given him um, and the opportunity to win the league. Now, um, just put that photo up again for a sec there, Tonch. Yeah. Um, there's a couple of things I want to say. Um, you know, I know that there's some some supporters from other, other clubs here, but look at that crowd there behind, and... You know, I know there was a lot of talk about, oh, there'll be thirteen supporters at the final. Um, yeah, the western suburbs really got out and supported uh, Western United uh, in this game. Um, Steve, you were there. I only saw it from, te- from the TV, um, but there was twenty two thousand uh, people there at the ground. Um, that photo there says says a lot for me. Of you know what what I think the club can. Can can do over the next couple of years. This is this is this is, as you said, Steve, come very very early. Nobody was expecting this, but this is going to do wonders for the club, um, for the next couple of years in in, in getting player uh, sorry, supporters on board. We can talk about Melbourne Victory having twenty four thousand season ticket holders or members, but we have to remember they were the first team in Victoria. So they're going to have a higher volume of supporters than than a, than a Western United who've, who've been going for three years. So um, that guy on the, on the, on the photo there has done a remarkable job. For me, it comes yeah. down to one thing: culture. He's built. That's exactly yes, you know? yes, culture yes, culture yes. Within that group, that do not give up. You know, you talk about. Melbourne City and the, the the money that they have behind the club or the, the, yeah. the, the owners mm-hmm. of the club. But that, as we know, will only get you so far. The rest comes down to the culture that you have as a coach and the type of players that you bring into your football club. When everybody looked at um, um, uh, Diamante coming in, and I was, I was one of those guys thinking... He's 36 years old. He's played in the Premier League. He's an Italian cat. Is he coming for the wrong reasons? But he's been some sensational. The centre-back has come in. He looks as if he loves life here in, in Australia. Mm. You know, so it, I, you have to put your hands up not only to John Aloisi, to the board, to the owners who have backed him and he's brought the right players in. And I think last night's result will be a stepping stone for them. They're gonna go on to think to so. things without the shadow of doubt. But you know, yeah. everybody has to everybody has to just wait a little bit. Don't get too excited. But it is an exciting time now. Yeah. Now we
1: had Chris Palavanas, the CEO of 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 Western United on last week's show as we did with Neil Kilkenny. We tried tonight, but they're probably celebrating and and, and, and who who can blame them? Uh, but Steve, as you said, you've 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 sort of you've you've seen them in Geelong, you've seen them in Ballarat, you've seen them in Melbourne, you've, you've you've followed them as we have all these last few years. But the highs and lows, and there've been so many of them in such a short time. Um, but one of the things that Chris really talked about was how unique they are, how different they are, and that's something as Neil Kenny Neil Kilkenny said as well. Mm. There's that real atmosphere. It's a family club. Um, I know we've had down in Geelong, we've had some press of of some fans who've been part of the Western Service crew and how well they've been received. And we're talking kids and mums and and that sort of stuff. So they're they're very unique in in a lot of ways. But um, I just want to show that photo there. Of the um, family day at um, Graysland, by the way, if you've not been to Graysland in Spotswood next to ScienceWorks, it is a foodie's delight. We uh, do, we uh, uh, to be uh, it there. is. I'm
2: sure yeah, Josh um, Parrish hasn't even been there. He oh, doesn't even know. So I decided. only
1: discovered this place, gents. <laughs> I only discovered this place about a month ago, not even a month ago, about three weeks ago. And um, oh, I've just been raving on about it nonstop. <laughs> but um, but look at the green and you know the the, the, the the green and black there. Have a look at, um, um, you know, there's Aloisi with that crowd before. Bring that photo there. If you if you zone in on the bottom uh, left hand corner, you'll see Steve Horvat now. Steve Horvat, one of the co-founders, one of the of the football director, but he's there with the fans. He's mingling with the fans. He's just one mm. of the fans. Um, does that not tell you that this club is something very unique and and, and is building something special? You know. After yeah. three years, they've, they've achieved their first grand final success, but there's something that's going to happen big, um, and we're on the yeah. cusp of history. What are your thoughts on all of that?
3: Well, it is, that is the case. You've, you've articulated it very well, Tonji, and it's the situation where, obviously, it's a small club. It's a small fan base. It's almost like they're a local club, and like the fans almost all know each other, but not only that, the board and the directors, and you see Chris and the CEO and his staff, they all came down to stand in front of the Western service crew in the active area in the injury time in the second half. And I don't know if you would see other clubs doing things like that. And it's just those little gestures where you see, and like often Chris's son, I think is involved as getting on board and jumping in with the active guys and stuff, things like that too. It's like, there's a genuine community feel in within the club, which is lacking perhaps from other clubs that are following a a corporate direction, a direction that's, about you know big business, about you know probably you know profits, of course they all are, but uh, there's just that real genuine local football feel, and they feel like they could be almost be like a state league club at times, but they're in the national league, and they're not no, only that they're like, winning, they're winning cool. the national league.
2: But that's what it does feel like, doesn't it?
3: Yeah,
1: it really does, and that's why it's unique. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Look, it's it's an incredible story. Um, we will, um. I mean, we will hear all sorts of stories. There will be sub stories, uh, no doubt, in in the in the days and weeks ahead. But um, for the for the moment, um, congratulations to everyone involved at Western United. It is amazing. It is incredible. Um, and look, from someone who's, I guess, self confessed, I've have gone cold on the A League in recent years, I suppose. And even Western United, you know, one minute they were a Geelong club, next minute they're they're nomadic. Um, I must to say, I am inspired with uh, with how they've gone about it and the success that they've achieved in such a short term. And, look, it can only be good for football. Um, it certainly cannot be, um, you know, bad for football, especially in the Western region. I think it's going to be amazing. And we'll, well, time will tell. We'll see what, what, what does it does. But, Craig, next stop, where do, you, where do you see the next step for them? Obviously, down the track they're going to get new um, new um, a stadium and what you're not, but that might be in a few years' time. Where, what do they do now to capitalise on this success?
2: Oh, look, I think they continue to do what they've done. Uh, they've done, mm. for me, everything spot on. They've tried to make it, you know, as Steve said, they're a family environment. They want people on board. Like I said, this this will have done them a world of good last night. Yes, we know that the stadium's going to take while. Well. We've known about that for three years, that it's going to take time. I think next year we'll see... For me, I would like to see them playing at Amy Park. Um, I know it's not the Western suburbs, but it's the only ground suitable, really, of holding a A league game with with, with supporters able to go. And I think, you know, they do very well there. As a, as a club, they, they, their results have been fantastic there, as, yep. as Chris said last week. So, I look, for me, it's more of the same continue to do what they're doing invest you know, their time in, in, in the western suburbs getting people on board what will be really interesting and we'll wait for the comments to pipe up once I've said this be interesting to see how many of the supporters that were there last night will be back in 2022-23 season because yeah. it's, imperative, it's imperative that they, they continue Yeah. I remember the
1: old National Soccer League in the late 80s or early 90s. I think it was Brisbane Strikers sold out Suncor Stadium at the time, Mm. 50,000 fans. And people said, this is amazing. They're a non-ethnic club. They're going to be huge. This is the start of something big. They didn't follow through with it. And the following year, they went back to getting their 3,500 or 4,000 spectators on average. And that was a lesson to be learned from from back then. Um, And look, you know, uh, it was the same sort of thing here. They they need to follow that up. Craig, I, I I don't know about you guys. I'd love to see a different tact. I'd like to see them go to a boutique stadium, develop a boutique stadium. And I think George Cross's City Vista is the perfect place because they've, they've been based there before. And get a 2,000-seater grandstand, whether it's sort of a temporary one or a permanent one on the outer. And you might only have a capacity of four or 5,000, but guess what? Open it to your members only first. And then on the on maybe on game day or a day before, open it to, to the public and get every game sold out. And you know what? I think they'll build an identity that way. I don't like Amy Park. I don't know. <laughs> I think it's something about the fact that there's two other clubs there and it becomes very AFL-like, you know, with sort of like ground rationalisation. I'd rather they have a 4,000, 5,000-seater stadium that's sold out every week. And, you know, it's there's a waiting list for tickets. But um, that's my thought. Yeah. Stan, I think what's your thought?
3: Well, yeah, look, I think, Toshi, that, the, uh, you know, the word is that they are getting underway with that the second yeah. you know, second stadium at their new site. That'll be ready before the main one. That'll be that, I think, yeah. Yeah, and then and that's, I think that's the idea is that once that's available, they'll play... You know, they'll yeah. play matches there based on based on demand. And if, if they do start pulling, you know, much bigger crowds, perhaps they might just play lower-drawing teams there and the bigger-drawing yeah. teams might still yeah. be at Amy. But, yeah, look, it looks like they'll still be at Amy. They'll still probably be taking a couple of games to Mars, maybe a couple of games to Geelong back in the early part of the no season deal. and yeah. the rest of them at Amy. Maybe they'll still go to Lonnie as well, I'd say, for a couple of games down in Tassie. They seem to get good results down there as well. Oh. And then, uh, yeah, once that, once their second stadium is ready, which will be ready before the main one, um, they, they'll probably look to go there. So that'll be that 5,000 capacity one that they'll have, which would be yeah. a good asset because um, if you pack it out with 5,000 and you're right around the pitch, you'll be even closer to the action oh, yeah. than you are at Amy Park mm-hmm. because it's not a rugby ground that behind the goals. will be right up against the pitch like an APL yeah. ground. So fantastic uh, things to look forward to there. So... Um, yeah, I think the the, the believers, the, the true believers have like really come out of the woodwork now and there's a lot to be excited about. It's going to be a short off-season too, we understand, because there is a World Cup midway through the season, next season, and that yeah. is as yep. well. So, um, And then obviously the Junior Academies and the A-League women's team as well, which is a really, really big title <laughs> as well. So there's a lot, there's so much going on there. I think like you say, Craig, the exact... Thing they want to do is don't change at all. Don't change. Just keep doing what you are doing because what they're doing is working and it's engaging with the right people who will be the kind of yeah. people who will keep coming back because they're there for um, pure football enjoyment reasons, not for just like you say, like that sort of new, new and shiny thing, like the Brisbane Strikers example that, that you said. It's like it's um, substance.
1: Yeah. yeah. Now, before we talk to our our, our, our guest tonight, Crooney Razov, the coach of St. Albans Saints, um, let's look at NPL three, Craig. Let's have a look at that Western United Academy side. So we'll put the ladder up there as well. Uh, now, well, this is the um, so it's it's basically the the top two teams will will go through, um, and then there's I think a promotion playoff spot. If I if I'm not mistaken, um, third and fourth place play, um, teams play off against. I think it's the. Uh, uh, is it the 11 and 12 place teams? Because next year, um, NPL 2 and NPL 3 is going to 14 teams. So um, it is imperative for Western United to get into that top four. But really, ideally, what they want to do is they want to get into the top two. Um, they're traveling really well. And if they're going to get an academy next year, a full academy going all the way from under 14s upwards, it's very important that the second team gets promoted into NPL 2 and plays at the highest highest level what's your thoughts on this team have have you been following much do you know much about the uh, Western United youth
2: team yeah look um, I'll firstly just comment on on your comment there I think it's really important Tonch as um, for football that your Melbourne City your Melbourne Victories your Western United's the professional clubs in this country are all playing in MPL, not MPL 2 or MPL 3 you want these young kids playing against the best players they can within Victoria. That's not in the professional um, setup. So that's my first comment. Um, they need to be in that NPL. Uh, they're not, um, but that's where I believe they should they should be playing if we're going to develop them the way that we need to develop them. No disrespect to. You know some of the teams in in MPL three, Wattleseat Rangers and and Dandon, uh, Ballarat City of the of the world, but they need to be playing against your South Melbournes, your Melbourne Knights, your, your Bentley Greens at weekend. Yeah. weekend. That's the way they're going to develop as young footballers. Um, have I seen them play? Yes, I have. I've seen them a couple of times up at Sydney Vista, and um, they're a good young side. Um, um, they're coming up against experienced players. I watched them against Preston Lions the other week, and I have to say that was men, literally men against boys. Um, and you're going to get that, um, but you have to remember what's what's the club trying to do. They're trying to develop footballers for their senior team. Uh, Preston Lions is the senior team. Western United are trying to develop those players for the senior team, same as Melbourne Victory, Melbourne City. Mm-hmm. So um, look, they they've they've got the basis right. They've, as you said, Steve, they've got a, a women's league, a women's team uh, entering the competition next year. Um, there's a lot of work behind the scenes uh, going on at the ground with the um, the academy side of things. And like I said, it's it's watch this space because they've done everything right, and um, I can't I can I, I can't fault them in what they've done so far. Let's hope that they continue in the same vein as they have, and and continue to go from strength to strength because you know football needs it.
1: Yeah. Uh, folks, we're going to take a very, very short break, a very short break indeed. When we come back, we've got our guest for tonight, the St. Albans uh, Saints coach, Crooney of His team had a massive, massive win against sister club Dandenong City, and we'll be talking about that. We'll be talking all about the NPL um, um, and so much happening there. We're just past the halfway mark of the season. Lots to talk about. This show tonight, um, as um, as we've said is dedicated to our good friend, a listener of the show, uh, Maxi Santich, who, who, who tragically has passed away overnight. Um, and once again, our sincerest condolences to, to Maxi's young family and to everyone who absolutely knew uh, Maxi in any way, shape, or form. Um, you know, one of the one of the comments, he, he was a regular on the show, and um, Santino Mamone, um, says a really good thing. You know, used to, they used to always have little banter and little chats and little talks and everything. He goes, I never met the guy, never actually ever met the guy, but um, I'm just devastated. Um, I'm shocked and I was crying, never met him, but I was always there when I was down. He, so he, he always used to just – it was a real positive person wherever he went. So our, our sincerest and deepest condolences to uh, everyone who knew um, Maxi Santich. Folks, we'll be away. We'll be um, away very, very sh- for a short time. When we come back, our guest and it's time to talk. NPL Crooney Rajov. Don't go away, folks.
0: Looking for a space for your next function at George's on Vista? Our function room caters for all types of functions: milestone birthdays, special religious occasions, work functions, hens or bachelor nights, baby showers or whatever reason you decide is a good idea to get together with family and friends. Contact our friendly staff who will help you put together a menu that will suit your special occasion. Inquiries can be made via our website, georgesonvista.com.au. George is on Vista, in the heart of Fraser Rise. You'll find us at Caroline Springs, George Cross.
1: Welcome back to the uh, Football Out West Show. It is episode 90, season four. It's um, <laughs> Craig's just left the building. I <laughs> think there he he's, he's back. B- b- back bigger and better.
3: Good, Charlie. Uh, he's done there. Well done.
1: Yeah, he's done it very well. Uh, Craig, we've got our next guest. Would you like to do the introductions uh, for our next guest?
2: Yeah, sure. Uh, St Albans head coach. Great to get him on the show. Massive win for for the club last night. Crooney uh, Rozov, good Good evening.
4: Good evening, gentlemen. How are we?
2: Very well. And Good thank you uh, for joining us on this uh, sombre evening. Um, unfortunately, it's, uh, we spoke just before the show and, um, yeah, devastated for, for, for everybody who, uh, who knew Maxi and, uh, and you knew him uh, reasonably well as well.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Guttering news, you know, to come through in the last couple of hours and, and always around St Albans and, and part of Gorespitch and even coached my daughter coached the women's team down there and so knew him very very well and like i said just heart-wrenching to hear news for such a young person with young kids to something like that to happen so it's still still sinking in to be honest
1: yeah mate we're all in shock at the moment um we just you know we we toyed with the idea about not even going on with the show tonight Uh, um we just weren't, I think, in the headspace. But then we thought, you know, Maxie was always the first to comment, always the first to jump on. Um, he, he, he loved his show. He loved our, our sister program, the AusCrow Show. And he even tuned into the Geelong Region Soccer Show. So if ever there was anyone that would have wanted us to go ahead, um, it, it was definitely Maxie. Now, you know, in Maxie's, I guess, last hours, he saw... His beloved St Albans Saints um, down uh, sister club Dandenong City two one in the Croatian derby in the NPL. Let's talk about some positive things there. It was <laughs> a really must win game, Crooney. Um, how did you approach this? Because in these derby games, the, the form book always goes out the window. And um, but yeah, how did you how did you rally the troops around around this vital game?
4: Well, they knew that the, the boys the boys had a good week on the track and they knew that Dandy was going to be you know a very hard opponent and they have played really well I've watched them the last three or four weeks they played South Melbourne the Bentley Greens and and, and Melbourne Knights so they were good and we knew we needed to be at our best uh, to get a result the boys knew that you know we didn't want to drop you know three points or, or even lose should I say to make it really interesting on the table but we went there with a the game plan and and we stuck by it. And in the end, we got the result that I, I believe we thoroughly deserved.
3: And Cooney, how important is the signing of Xander Guy mean for the side this season? We saw it again yesterday. He's, the game looked like it was set to maybe end at nil, nil, and then he pops up and scores a double in the 85th, another one in injury time. It's seven for him this season. You must be happy that you picked him up. And, and how, how, how important is he to your side at the moment? Oh, yeah. Xander's Z- Z- been fantastic. Uh,
4: to be honest, he's only played probably 70% of the games. He's missed a fair few games. He only got back yesterday after missing the the previous two games the, with a the groin injury. So we he
2: weren't... He missed, uh, well. out on the Magic, didn't he? He came off very early in that game of Magic, yes. didn't
4: he? Correct, uh, Craig. In the first probably 15, 20 minutes in that game, he came off and missed that one and, and last week's game as well. So it was touch and go. Does he play? Do, do we risk him? And he pulled up well. So, but yeah... Uh, Stephen saying that he's been a fantastic pickup. To be honest with you, I, I, when I first signed him, he was supposed to be—you know—looked at him to play as a winger, and we've had a few injuries. Yeah. I knew we could play up front, and we sort of threw him up front against Weidelberg, and he hasn't looked back.
3: Excellent. You got a new position th- for him, I think.
1: Yeah. yeah <laughs> well, Let's go through some of the results, guys. Um, um, so obviously St Albans defeating Dandenong two-one. Um, I must commend all the, uh, the the NPL side there in Football Victoria. One of the rare ones where all the results are uploaded by Sunday night. But um, um, Craig, did you want to go through those results, starting with the Oakley Cannons game against Eastern Lions on uh, Friday night?
2: Yeah, I think this was probably the um, I was one. I should say shocks, but there was a few over the <laughs> weekend. But um, uh, Eastern Lions were winning with this game at uh, at one point. I was speaking to Chris Taylor uh, actually last evening at the at the George Cross game and. And uh, yeah, Eastern Lions played very, very well by all accounts, and that game uh, finished in one, one, one. So two big, big points dropped there for Oakley Cannons, but uh, Eastern Lions are, uh, are doing every, everything they can to stay in this uh, in the in this league. That's for sure. Uh, at Avondale, one uh, one, in which uh, Steve uh, Steve commented on this, so you're probably the better better one to talk about this game, Steve.
3: Yeah, good match this one. Both of these sides going going at each other, and the the Knights were maybe benefited. Avondale missing uh, Liam Boland, who just become a father the night before. Also, Valentini who hurt his knee, and Blake Cardinals was out possibly with suspension. I'm not sure, but uh, they the makeshift Avondale side took the lead through Dylan Jacupi in the first half. The the right back going on an adventurous run all the way into the six-yard box and scoring. But then uh, Luka Chalich, who started on the bench in this game, which was an interesting selection. I'm not sure if it was for rotation after their midweek Wednesday night game against the Cannons or if there was possibly some sort of form or performance reasons. But he came on and scored a stunning goal. Check that one out. Uh, it's on the uh, on, on my socials, at least. I've posted, reposted that one from the Knights account. A really, really good goal off the bench. Luka Chalich should level it up. And the second half was really entertaining football, both sides just going at each other. And you have to commend the coaches, Steve Bebic and Zaki Markowski, for both going out to play football with a good intent and uh, it made it an entertaining game.
2: Yeah.
1: And other games. Um, Sorry, go on, Craig. Look, go on. Tom, off you go. I was just going to say very quickly, we'll go through the other results as well. Hume City defeated Port Melbourne Sharks. Two hundred by the
2: way. Yeah. Very That's good fantastic. result. You know, we spoke to uh, to Goran Lozanovsky last uh, last Sunday on the show. Um, yeah, obviously he's gone in there to to do a job. Um and he's got two wings from his first two games. Uh, sorry, from his first three games. So yeah. and against much fancied uh, Port Melbourne Sharks mm-hmm. who have been uh, you in know, good one form lately. yeah for sure. Yeah, yeah.
1: Green Gully, a big thumping win over Altona Magic, 4-0. South Melbourne, oh, they didn't have it all their way. Um, 3-2 thriller there against Bentley Greens and in Heidelberg United, um, a 2-1 away win at Dandenong Thunder. So um, there we look at the uh, ladder, uh, South Melbourne, Oakley Cannons. uh, Oakley Cannons had a a gilt-edged opportunity to sort of draw closer to South Melbourne, which they did last week. Uh, They've let that go. Green Gully now pushing up, overtaking Port Melbourne. Avondale dropping points there. Um, um, Crooney, I think you guys are up against Avondale this week. So uh, that's going to be an interesting clash. Um, did, did you did you watch much of that game against the Knights that Steve commentated?
4: No, no, I haven't seen any of that game. Well, I'll get a chance to watch that sometime during the week and, and, and get feedback on that. But, yeah, we know what Avondale's like. Very, very solid side and very good side and all over the park and a lot of depth here. Yeah. When they use their bench, they use their bench.
3: And you beat them on their patch earlier in the season as well, which was a sensational effort for your side. Um, how much confidence does that give you second time round to go and play the return match at Churchill? Absolutely. would love to do
4: it again. We know it's going to be a big task, but uh, the boys are up, you know, especially after a derby win yesterday. The boys will be up for it. There's no doubt about it.
2: I'm just looking at that result yesterday, that really did... Um you needed those three points there, didn't you, Crooney? You know, you're uh, probably 11th or 12th uh, before yesterday. Uh, that has lifted you back up to ninth. But now you're only, you know, you're, you're only one win off sixth. So, you know, that's the, the difference in this league this year that it is, you know, teams are beating everybody and it's, it, you only need one or two results and you're back in the mix at the top of the, at the top of the stand Yeah,
4: absolutely. And, and we can see how tight that, that table is, especially from that fifth down to almost to that 11th. And we always said, we always said, we always knew that Hume has a lot of quality in that side, that eventually they would come good. And, and they have, and, and we believe they will. But going back to that ladder, yeah, you, you lose two games and we lost four in a trot. And really? it really, we were at sixth at one stage and it pushed us all the way down. But yeah, you know, three points, uh, does remarkable things on that, on that table.
2: Now, obviously, uh, the next couple of weeks there is a a transfer window. Come uh, the round eighteen, yeah. In the next couple of weeks, end of July, I think. Um, is it is it the club's uh, ambition to to maybe bring a few few new lads, freshen it up a little bit, uh, and give it a big, big big push towards the end of the season?
4: Yeah, we're we're looking at it. There's no doubt about that. I think every club will will be uh, looking down that path. So we're looking to bring two or three new faces in that fit the mould and, you know, uh, the personalities and and, and the people that we want to bring in. So we're looking to do that and hopefully that will transpire in the next couple of weeks and change a few things as well. So it's more more about trying to get the right personnel in and trying to keep them for next year and, and bringing them in a little bit earlier.
2: Yeah, and we spoke earlier on about um, you know Western United and you know how how well they've done with the side that they've got. And I mentioned Bear, about the culture within the club. Now we know, obviously, Saint Albans have got a very strong culture uh, behind them and the way they played and how they got into how you guys got into the NPL in the first place was by grit and desire and, and determination. I think in that year that you got promoted, uh, I think you were... You, you were down, I can't remember what the statistic was, but it was some ridiculous statistic where you were down in eight games, but came back to win in the final eight or 10 games. That's going to be really important with the type of person you bring in. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. And,
4: and uh, you know, we don't have the finances that, that a lot of these, you know, probably eight or 10 of these clubs have. And, and that's understandable. And, and I know that that's where the club is at. And, so we bring in the, you know, the people that, you know, sort of if you want to say play for the shirt or play for their teammates and and play for the club and and do all those things. And if they get better and and, and they want to move on, we are, we understand that. But yeah, speaking to the person and bringing in the right characters is very important for us.
3: And currently looking at the off-field matters or your off-field staff, we've had Jason Jerry on here. Uh, previously, you've spoken very well on behalf of the club. Is there any of your backroom staff that you want to give a shout out as to what they're doing to help you make your job easier this season? Yeah, we've got a couple of new new, new faces. Uh, we've got Paul Donnelly.
4: He, he's my assistant coach. He's been fantastic. Brings uh, a new lease of life in in some areas, and 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 he's a bit more hands on this year. Of sort of still hands on, but. You know more of behind the scenes and then one-on-one with the players, so Donis has taken a lot of those sessions. Nick Quinn, he's our strength and conditioning, he's been fantastic as well, and Adam Hiroshi, our goalkeeper coach, does a fantastic job with our keepers, and, and Jason Sherry, and and our, you know, and our physios and Rob Krejcik and, and Pat in the 21s are, are pushing those 21s. The results aren't always there, unfortunately, if you have a look at it. But the, they're doing a really, really good job trying to promote some of these kids. And to be honest, we, we've blooded four new youngsters this year. Uh, we've had a lot of injuries over the last four to five weeks. And, we, you know, we've blooded four or five, four I think four youngsters this year under the age of twenty twenty one. So it's been good. Fantastic.
3: I was going to say on match day oh, as well, yeah. just, just one more thing as well on match day. You seem to pull um, pretty good crowds compared to some of the other NPL clubs as well up there at St Albans. Um, how much of an advantage is playing, playing at home up there on uh, you know, Sunday afternoon, 3pm kick-offs when there's a good crowd gathered? Oh, to, to be honest, it, it, it,
4: it's it's the only Sunday game usually apart from Heidelberg. So a lot of people gather and, and come for a Sunday afternoon to watch the worst part about it is our home form used to be so so good. This year it's 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 not you know, great at all. And you know why?
3: <laughs> too much pressure on those guys turning up. Uh, yeah. you, you know why, Dr.
2: Drew? You've relayed oh. the pitch, mate. Sorry? You've relayed yeah. the pitch. It's actually a nice <laughs> it's a nice pitch now.
4: We should make a lot of bumping you know, a lot and worse, than my <laughs> <citizen> <laughs> Absolutely, mate. <laughs> go if, back if It was radio radio back radio radio radio. It's difficult. It is it was yeah, this is what's to... Which, we're trying to rectify uh, our away form. He's, I think, th- second or third in the, in the league, but our home form, yeah. for some reason, hasn't been great. Uh, but, yeah, we've got more home games than not in the second half of the season, so we're going to try and fix that problem.
1: Yeah. Now, we talk about Sunday night time slot, but the, um, um, in mid-June, the club is going to try something different and trying to do a, um, a night match, its first night match, On a Friday night. Now, I believe that's Friday the seventeenth of June. Um, Just an experiment, or is that something that the club is seriously looking at, maybe staging as regular um, as you know, a regular Friday night sort of a time slot? What what came about that?
4: At this stage, I don't believe it's something that they want to do. It's, it's, I think they would like to try a a couple of games on a Friday night. It's going to be a big spectacle. Having a big night there, uh, a lot of sponsors coming down on the Friday night. It's it's pretty much opening of the lights. We've got a fantastic set of new lights, and we haven't really had the chance to use them in an MPL game. So we mm-hmm. thought uh, Bentley will be the nice occasion to 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 do that. So that's we're going to try and see how that goes. We know there's a lot of Friday night games, so we don't really want to probably go down that path. Sunday's yeah. always been. The St Albans uh, Sunday, the home game. But, yeah, listen, if it works, th- there's no reason why we won't do maybe one or two or three Friday night games, especially maybe a few of the blockbusters. There we go, So Steve. keep an eye
1: on that. On Friday, the 17th of June, 8.30 p.m., kick-off uh, <coughs> against Bentley Greens. And at, um, on the same evening on one of the other pitches on pitch two, I think the senior women will be taking on Maribyrnong Swifts at 7.30 p.m. So that'll be a huge feast of football Um, down at St Albans. And uh, we're looking forward to uh, the rest of the season. Uh, But before we go, um, I want to ask you, Crooney, who in your mind is the the team to really watch out for? Is it South Melbourne? Is it Oakley? Is it someone else um, that you think will really have a barnstorming finish in the the second half of the
2: season? And no sitting on the fence.
4: Yeah, I was going to say, whoever (laughs) I don't pick, they're probably going to come out and get us the air even further. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, For me... Uh, for me, I think Oakley's the complete team. Uh, South Melbourne's very, very good. And, and Avondale's, you know, they're a good side. And, and so are some of the... I think Heidelberg is, is one to watch if they can get into that six. But for me, the pick of the crop at the moment
1: would be Oakley. There you go, Oakley. All right, Crooney, um, thank you for joining us. Like we said, on this very sombre occasion, but it is ironic that I guess um, um, on, on, a, on a show that's dedicated to the, the late Maxi Santich... We do feature a club, his club, St. Alban Saints, and thank you very much for coming. We know it wasn't easy. We know it was difficult, but uh, we really appreciate you coming on the show and uh, and sharing us some of the insight of what is happening down at Churchill Reserve.
4: Yeah, no problems. Thanks, gentlemen, for having me on, and condolences to Maxie and the family for all of us.
1: Yeah, well, well, so. absolutely. Well, Thanks, Tony. So, Nice you. Good. idea. that, that was uh, Kruni Razov, the uh, coach of the St Albans Saints. Guys, we're going to take a very, very short break, and we'll be back with, uh, I guess, what is the uh, press box, uh, the, the press box uh, part of the show. Um, don't go away too long, and uh, we'll, we'll come back. We'll be back very, very shortly.
0: You find authentic Maltese cuisine at George's on Vista in the heart of Fraser Eye's, we have a menu to suit everyone, which includes kids' and seniors' meals and a cocktail list that will need you to come back several times to get through. Our specialty nights are a big hit. Tuesday is $20 Palmer night with a selection of palmas to choose from. Kids eat free Wednesday night. With every paid adult meal, you get one free kids' meal. Thursday is Maltese night. Check out the Maltese specials on our specials board. And Friday night, we have happy hour between 5.30 to 6.30 p.m be sure to book your table to avoid disappointment. Bookings can be made via our website, georgesonvista.com.au. See you at George's on Vista. You'll find us at Caroline Springs George Cross.
1: Yes, indeed, we're back for the uh, football hour show, and it is now the um, the press box. Normally, we'd um, we'd have a, a major guest. We'd, we'd we'd discuss certain things, whatever the issue is at the time. But tonight, Craig, we thought we'd do something just just that
2: little bit different, didn't we? We did, Tons. Yes, we'd uh, we'd open the phone lines up. We haven't done it for a long time. Um, we're going to see if we can get some uh, some of our uh, avid listeners to come on uh, and talk about anything they want regarding football.
1: Yeah, well, folks, it's over to you. And there's a lot to talk about, whether it's internationally, whether it's nationally, whether it's locally. Um, If anyone did know, uh, Maxi, for those of you who have just tuned in, we've had some tragic, tragic news overnight that um, we we just received this in the last hour that one of our most loyal, most dedicated, most passionate um, fans, Maxi Sentich, who was heavily involved in football in the western suburbs? Tragically passed away. I think he was aged, aged only thirty-five or thirty-six. So um, it's 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 really really sad what has happened. Um, if anyone new, call us now on 234. But in the meantime, before we do that, um, Steve, I guess let's talk about the um, the NPL two competition. We didn't really have a chance to get through some of the um, some of the results and what you're not. But uh, NPL two interesting for a number of reasons. Um, obviously, two teams will get promoted up to NPL, um, the NPL proper. Uh, we'll talk about that very shortly because there's a top-of-the-table clash yesterday. But also, um, next year's competition will number 14 teams, longer season, 26 rounds as opposed to 22 rounds. Um, good thing or a bad thing?
3: I think, think it's going to be unanimously considered to be a good thing that... the. The 22 round season and NPL doesn't go hand in hand. I think if you want to play a 22 round season, that's for your state league plays. If you're in the NPL system, you've got to be playing the 26 round season. And I'm sure players and coaches and uh, everyone involved will be very enthusiastic about this uh, about this decision. Tonchi,
2: would you, would uh, would you agree with that one, Craig? Absolutely, Steve. It's uh, we've yeah. said it before. 22 22 rounds of football is not enough um, for your second second tier of football in in Australia and um, um, yeah, the sooner, the sooner the better it comes in.
1: Yeah, um, I agree. Totally, I agree. Look, whether there's um, whether it will dilute the talent, I, I don't think so. I think at NPL3, there's a lot of good teams, a lot of quality teams. And at the moment, um, um, if we take a look now at the NPL3 um, ladder, Steve, I mean, the teams that are really fighting for, for a spot in NPL2 are all teams, either A-League teams, or Preston Lions, for example, or even North Sunshine Eagles, who've got the resources. In particular, the Preston Lions are, you know, with a crowd like that, the the sponsorship that they do have, the resources available to them. They're a club that certainly does belong in um, in State League uh, in NPL two. But yeah, look, Western United, Melbourne Victory, Melbourne City. Um, as you said, Craig earlier, well, those players need to be playing NPL, not even NPL two. Um, definitely not NPL three. So, in essence, those clubs need to get themselves into NPL 2 as quickly as possible. But, um, um, Craig, your old club, North Geelong, they um, went in for a first versus second battle yesterday at Alco Park. Um, Tough game, a very gritty game, um, uh, at times bruising. They ended up uh, defeating Moreland City one nil. Um, <coughs> you, you were there the last few years, and you saw the real emphasis on the young players, the youth coming through the ranks. And some of the players that, that you coached in the last couple of years are now starting to knock on the door of the of the um of the um the first team, um, mate. That would be an exciting prospect to see a lot of these youngsters given a chance to play at a higher higher level.
2: Absolutely, Tonch, You know, I'm 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 I made up for uh, for Stu Begg and uh, and, the, and the coaching team down there at North. Uh, Stu, Stu came in the beginning of last season, uh, very early on. Um, certainly had the buy-in from the players very very early on. Um, and as we spoke about earlier earlier about culture, um, they have it in droves at that football club. Um, local football players, uh, players that have come through the system there. They've got one or two that have come from other clubs um but I have to say that the the togetherness that they show I was with uh, Stu on Friday for 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 coffee um and he was talking about you know it's that it's the players that are doing the work it's not him and his coaching team the players are going out every week and and really putting the effort in. Um, I texted him last night to say well done and he said it was a, it was a tough result I think you were there Tonch. It was a tough, yes, yep. Very uh, tough game. Yes, Defender George Ellis scoring in the 37th minute. He does like get you forward as, as does George, but it's a fantastic win uh, for for them and and really puts a bit of daylight between uh, them and third place. I think it's seven points now. Oh, there we go.
1: Uh, Moreland Zebras had a great win 4-0 over over Werribee City Moreland City was their first loss And in the end they were actually reduced to nine men late in the game So it was a a, a devastating loss for Moreland City in many ways But they've also lost two players there for next week's clash But Moreland Zebras, they're starting to gain a lot of form, Steve Um, Big win over Werribee City We saw Werribee City a few weeks back against Moreland City So we did see Moreland City in action And that was another close game, a tough game I think on that occasion, Morland City defeated Zebras just by one nil. So yeah, they're Werribee, a real tough. Wherever yeah, you yeah, uh, yeah. correct, yeah. So they're a real tough and gritty uh, team. But North Geelong to open up a, a sizeable gap there at the halfway mark of the season. Um, you know, uh, next week I think they come up against North, who who absolutely got hammered seven nil by. Happened that right, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: What, yeah. what,
1: what happened there?
3: I, it's a surprise uh, result that one. It sort of jumps off the page, doesn't it? Seven nil. Um, northcote has got a pretty handy side as well. I mean, Pasco Vale does too, but you think they'd be fairly even. Uh, that was, yeah. No, no players sent off or anything for Northcote. So I'm not too sure what's happened there, but not. Yeah, not the result they wanted. Um,
2: uh, six, six goals years. in the sec- Six, six goals in the second half for. Um... For uh, for Pascoe Vale there, Pascoe Vale something yeah. something
1: happened there. There definitely, as we said, MPL three. Um, and look, the, the the interesting part obviously also will be at the other end of the table as well. Ballarat City and Whittlesea Rangers there, um, fighting along with Springvale White Eagles to escape that relegation zone. But um, Craig, if we then move along to State League One, this will be interesting because I think it's the top two teams will get promoted. Um, from northwest and the top two from southeast, if I'm not mistaken. Now, um, on the weekend, Caroline Springs took on Banyol City. Tell us more about that game.
2: Yeah, um, it was definitely the uh, the game of the weekend in in State League One, first versus second. Um, and I have to say, um, George uh, Caroline Springs, George Cross, um, absolutely. Pulverised uh, Banyol City from the from the from the moment the whistle went um, to the to the final whistle. Um, Banyol didn't have a kick. George Cross were just in their faces from the very moment the first whistle went. Scored some fantastic football and walked away with a a, a very comprehensive four 0 win that um, you know really really sets them up really well going into the second half of the season. I know Eric Vasiliadis won't be resting on his laurels. <laughs> And he'll be working very hard to, to make sure that continues. But seven a seven point gap at this stage of the season is is huge. And um, yeah. Um, yeah, but look, Banyul uh, disappointed me. Um, you know, I've heard they play some fantastic football. I know i was speaking to their president on the sidelines. I know he was uh, he was very despondent after the game um, as well. Um, but a very dominant performance by uh, by Caroline Springs George Cross yesterday.
1: Yeah, as we can see, the score, the um, the uh, the ladder position there, and I think um earlier today Essendon Royals defeated a uh, United four 0 as well, so that yeah, that, correct, uh, yeah. isn't count, counted there. So Royals, they would have played ten games. Um, they're on eighteen points as well. So there's there's not a lot between a lot of those um, teams now for the for for the second spot, but um Caroline Springs George Cross at the moment are looking very very. Very um, comfortable at the top, and they've invested so much—not just money into players and, and personnel, but but effort into into getting promoted into NPL three next year. And um, look, not, not only the fact that they're our major sponsor, boys, but we really, really wish Caroline Springs um, all the very best in getting to NPL three because they're a club that deserves to be playing in a higher division, a much, much higher division—not even NPL three, but but NPL with the facilities they've got, with the um, amount of um, resources being ploughed into the football side of things. Um, and Steve, look, you'll probably agree with me. Uh, you know, 2023 can't come soon enough to see Caroline Springs George Cross in NPL football.
2: Yeah,
3: they're lucky not to be, unlucky, sorry, they're unlucky not to be there this year. After You know, they would have got up last season, but it didn't work out. But uh, it looks like, unlike some other clubs that did well last season. Georgie's are doing well again this season and they're in the box seat to go up. Uh, Only 11 games played, but everything going well at the halfway point. So certainly an A-plus for them this season and doing everything they can do to to get up to MPL 3 next season. And uh, I can't see them not making it at the moment.
2: Yeah, yeah. i throw a spanner in the works here, gentlemen. Yes. Can you put that table back up for me?
1: The uh, State League one? Yeah, just something... Let's put that up. Just, let's let's
2: just discuss because, something. Look, just because we were talking about it, and um, yes, everybody knows I am a coach at George Cross and it has nothing to do with, with that. You will see um, in third and um, uh, third and fifth place, you've got uh, Sydenham's park result hasn't gone in either. They drew 2-2 yeah. with Clifton Hill. They were 2-0 up uh, late into 80 minutes and ended up drawing the game 2-2. So that result hasn't gone in. But the two teams yep. um, below George Cross in Brimbank Stallions and Essendon Royals, have both played a game less. Now, we're at the halfway stage of the of the season. Um, wow. And as we know, um, there was no sort of directive from Football Federation about how and what would happen should another COVID situation uh, hit us. Hence the reasons why they start all their fixtures in the second half of the season to give them, a, 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 I suppose, a contingency. Now... question I want to ask, and this is, you know, we could probably get some some answers coming in. What happens now if there is another COVID situation and the and the league stops? And it's not just in State League One. There's other leagues that is certainly uh, State League Two as well. I know there's there's an issue there where teams haven't played each other once. Um, what happens if the league gets stopped again? Steve,
1: thoughts? No,
2: I don't know. I don't think anyone knows. I don't know. Really Is there a out there? <laughs> It'd be really interesting to see what Football Federation, I'm sure yeah. we're not going to get a call uh, coming through, but it would be really interesting <laughs> to see what their contingencies are because, you know, as we know, the reason George Cross and Brimbank didn't get promoted last year was because not everybody played one another. So, what happens if...
1: Well, if there's anyone out there um, who is, is listening to us, watching us tonight, have got their own um, um, ideas of what may happen or anything for that matter. It doesn't matter if it's it's about the fixtures. Uh, what's your club doing? How's your club travelling? Give us a ring now. We'd love to know. We'd, we'd really love to know what is happening in your neck of the woods and um, um, how, how is your team travelling or your club travelling? I uh, would love to hear from clubs we don't really get a chance to hear about much but the Football Out West Talkback lines are now open call us on 0497 151 234 0497 151 234 now Steven um, you've got a little bit of um, shall we talk about while we we, we um, the Socceroo squad while we wait for anyone to ring us and, and what you're not but um shall we talk about the Soccaroo squad and um, um I think the soccer squad has been announced for. There's a couple of games. There's a there's a friendly coming up against Jordan. I think this week sometime, and then yeah, obviously Thursday the big, morning,
3: Thursday yeah. morning at four a.m. And uh, congratulations to our man uh, Teo Pelletzere. He's going to call his first soccer game in that one. So that's oh, is uh, that always, right? yeah. always good. To, always good to see good news there. But uh, yeah, the, what have they named a squad of about thirty players uh, for this particular camp, and then the subsequent matches? So. There's some interesting inclusions and omissions. Um, I think one that's got people feeling cynical is the inclusion of Andrew Redmayne. He's probably not the best uh, goalkeeper going around in the best form at the moment. Didn't really cover himself in glory in the recent friendly game during the week last week. And uh, he got the go, got the nod. Uh, That's an interesting choice. Jason Davidson back in the squad for the first time since 2015. That's a long time in between drinks. Uh, for him, Bruno Fornaroli, who came into the last group, he's uh, the last camp he's uh, been squeezed out. Is uh, one of the inclusions returning is Adam Taggart, and I think it's important that he's back because when he uh, became unavailable through uh, through injury in the last uh, part of the campaign, that the results really went downhill when he wasn't there. So uh, he, he straightens him up when he's available up front, even if he's not scoring goals. So good to see. See him back, and I think a lot of people wanted to see someone named of Scottish descent. That is Jason Cummings, the Cum Dog. He didn't get picked. He scored <laughs> ten goals, ten goals, uh, for the Mariners in the the back end of the season, uh, and he he missed out. So, uh, and he's expressed the desire to play for the Australian national team, of course, and a cult figure he would be just by his nickname alone and his crazy tattoos. But he misses out. So, uh, yeah, interesting to see what happens. Uh, D'Agostino gets a go as a young striker option. So. I guess that's uh, that's good to see. And, um, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know how we're going to go. It's going to be tough. I don't know what we're going to get out of the friendly. Hopefully we get something out of it and then yeah, a, a good hit out. And then, um, yeah, it's going to be two pretty tough games. If we can get to that Peru game, uh, well, yeah, we'll, we'll be, it'll be, be a nerdy one.
1: Thanks. I'm going to ask Craig something. I want to ask you, Craig. Craig, what, red main, okay? I don't rate him personally, but why would someone like that get a call-up? Now, is it is it maybe just to fill up numbers for the squad to have, you know, um, two maybe squads so they're going to have an intra-club game in training or they're going to test the keepers? Because it's unlikely that he'll get a gig. So w- what's the reason for that? Or, as Tony Hudson suggests, <laughs> um, where is he? Um... Here we go. No, the no Arnie, yeah. Arnie handing out Wonka gold tickets again. Is that a case <laughs> of what, what must be going through um you know a coach's, you know, a national team coach's head when they decide, you know, to give it to, to sort out these players? You know, in such a critical time of the of the of the um, the competition of the phase. Is there a, is there a feasible reason do you think as a coach he would do something like that?
2: Who else is there? That's the question, isn't it? So your yeah. answer, your, your question is almost a double, d- double yeah, question. Oh, we've well, seen good. some good. Yeah. Ca- ca- yeah. You know yeah. what, what, some good, um, what? Australians. So if you go through, if you, let's go through Melbourne victory, can't um, play. Can't, for can't for play collab, yeah.
3: I'd be looking maybe up towards Gosford and saying maybe we can get someone like Mark Birighitti to come in and someone who's a little bit younger. And he was. he was was that the one,
2: He was the one that I would have said. Uh, it's over a yeah, he's a, a bit
3: unlucky though.
2: One hundred percent. I think he's been yeah. very. I think it's very stiff that he hasn't got in there. Uh, yep. I think he's done very very well this year. Um, I think you're right about Andrew, Andrew Redmayne. I don't think he's been the best goalkeeper in in, in the league this year. Didn't didn't uh, didn't do himself any favors in the friendly against uh, Barcelona in midweek, did he? So um, yeah, look, it's a strange one. Um, Beraghetti would have been in there for me, but going back to your question, okay. they got three goalkeepers for for exactly that reason you said, Tons. it's They need them for, 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 for training and for games, and uh, but it just seems a strange one that they've uh, they've taken him over over Berghetti for sure. And actually, you know, would you would you not? Who's the goalkeeper that's uh, in form at the moment? I know he's he's getting on in years, but who would you? Who else would you have? Well,
1: I know who I would have chosen. I would have chosen Liam Reddy. He's played it's played it's A really. league club. He might as well play at the soccerist <laughs> as well. <laughs> well. I think
3: he has uh, been before, hasn't he? Yeah. He has, I has think. He he has he been capped before, him. Liam Reddy? He probably has.
1: Oh, I'm pretty sure he has. I'm pretty sure he has. But yeah. look, yeah, Birrigidi was, was was straight away someone yeah. I thought. He's had the experience. He's, he's He's been part of the big squads as well. <laughs> um, and, and this... Look, this... We won't say it's a make-or-break phase in the Socceroos, but if the Socceroos don't make it to the World Cup, it won't be the end of the world, but it'll be close enough to it. <coughs> oh, that's just my thing. Well,
3: uh, And just to correct myself, Liam Reddy has not been capped for the Socceroos, which is Has he
1: not? There. No. <laughs> there you go. Oh, well, interesting. Um, for the Football Out West Talkback lines are now open. Call us now. oh four nine Let's hear from... Some of the, well, I don't want to use the term obscure, but let's t- hear from some of the lesser known clubs around. Um, how is your club travelling at the moment? If uh, if you're part of a women's club, a women's team that played earlier today, that's the problem. We don't really get a chance to cover that because a lot of the games finish on a Sunday afternoon at 5 p.m. and we've already prepared most of the stuff that's going to go in, and it's very hard to keep a keep a track on. Or you might have another issue probably to do with Football Victoria or, the, or what they do or don't do. Um, second division, A-League, Western United, can they can they capitalise on this? We'd love to hear from you folks. Um, in the meantime, we're going to take a very, very quick break, very short break when we return. Hopefully we'll have someone on our talkback lines. It's 0497 151 234. That's 0497 151. 151234.
0: You find authentic Maltese cuisine? At Georgie's on Vista in the heart of Fraser Rise. We have a menu to suit everyone, which includes kids' and seniors' meals, and a cocktail list that will need you to come back several times to get through. Our specialty nights are a big hit. Tuesday is $20 Palmer night with a selection of Palmas to choose from. Kids eat free Wednesday night. With every paid adult meal, you get one free kid's meal. Thursday is Maltese night. Check out the Maltese specials on our specials board. And Friday night, we have happy hour between 5.30 to 6.30 p.m. Be sure to book your table to avoid disappointment. Bookings can be made via our website, georgesonvista.com.au. See you at George's on Vista. You'll find us at Caroline Springs, George Cross. George's on Vista is in the heart of Fraser Rise. You'll find us at Caroline Springs George Cross. Looking for a bit of fun with your meals? Tuesday night is bingo night. Bingo books are $2, eyes down at 7 And we have a special bingo menu for you to choose from, so be sure to get in early and grab a bite to eat beforehand. Friday night is poker night. Registration is from 6.30pm, with poker starting at 7.30pm. Why not join us beforehand for happy hour? Kicks off at 530 30. We're also on Uber Eats, so you can enjoy your favourite Georgie's meals in the comfort of your own home. Find us on the app. Dining in? Be sure to book your table to avoid disappointment. Bookings can be made via our website, georgiesonvista.com.au. Welcome back to
1: the Football Out West show. The talkback lines are open now. You can call us on 0497 234 And Craig, we may have our first caller on the line.
2: Hopefully, technology works, Donch. We? Uh, we do. Joey G, the legend from oh, uh, from Geelong. G. Joey, can we hear you?
1: Hello, Joey Joe. Joey Giacomozzo. can we hear you? Can we put him on loudspeaker?
2: Yeah, we'll have to. I think it's not. Uh, it's not going through. Joey. No, we can't, mate. Put it by a
1: loudspeaker, yeah?
2: Yeah, look, it's not uh, it's not coming through me.
1: Yeah. Hello? Yeah. Oh, that's better.
2: Yeah, there you go. Yeah, Hi, Joey. Go. G'day, mate. Yeah.
1: Joey, can you hear us? What did you want to talk yeah. about tonight yeah, on the yeah, Football Outward yeah, Show? I've been, I've, been just, I've been tempted to come on, you know, talk about the National Second Division. It's something that's been
2: on my mind for quite some time and how it's all going to work and pan out and all that kind of crazy stuff. Far away. What are your thoughts? Go on, on it? go on. To be honest with you, if we're going to have a national second division, what kind of teams are going to be in this national second division? Are we going to have? Is it going to be, for example, two teams representing from Victoria, or two teams representing from Adelaide and
1: New South Wales and Canberra, and all those kind of things? How do you guys think it's going to work? It's just a bit of a confusing uh, way that they they don't really talk about how the participation is going to work and all that okay. kind of thing. It's just a confusing time for everybody, I guess.
2: Steve? Craig,
1: or Steve. Steve, you go first. <laughs> Who wants
3: to? This is a can of worms, isn't it? Who wants to go first? Uh, well, in terms of the composition of the league, well, I think that the real question at the moment, the first one that we want the answer for is what will be the format and the structure? So are we going to get a full competition that exists across the whole nation? Are they going to do some conferences or are they going to do our even less preferred option, which is some form of sort of Champions League-style competition between NPL teams, which we kind of don't really need because we've already had an NPL cross-NPL final series at the end of the season in previous years. Anyway, so um, look, hopefully it's the it's the full-throttle version, which is the whole nation. And then once you get to that point, then it really opens up the door to say, well, what what is the composition of the league? So first of all, how many teams are we looking? And then what is the allocations? Or is, like you say, uh, Joey, is it the allocations that... Uh, not so much based on geography but more just on merit and perhaps merit should have a bigger say first and foremost ahead of um, predetermined allocations via state and territory what do you think joey to be honest with you i see how the npl whoever wins the npl they all go to like their own final series are they going to yeah. have a
1: combination of all those teams that win it and then say six the six teams that say come second and third because that's would be an interesting way to do it, to be honest with you, because when I look at the national second tier, what will be of it? You know what I mean? Are they going to allow teams with suburban esque grounds, or are they going to have to go down the route of getting themselves a
2: stadium just because that's the condition that you have to be in to be in the national second tier? Look, I think we, 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 we don't really know, Joe. That's the, that's the issue that we have. Uh, we had, uh, uh, um, I'm trying to think of the, coach, the chap's name from um, the. Um, we had Nick Galatis come Nick, on, uh, Nick Galatas, Sorry, yeah, a couple of times. And, yep. and obviously, there was a lot of uh, work going on behind the scenes. Um, I believe that the the league is due to start next season, if I'm right. Yep, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. That's what the talk was. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So, I feel um, like that's
3: getting further and further towards yeah, look, 2024. Like we haven't heard anything. It's it's what is it? It's almost June. Yeah, maybe not next year. Maybe not. Okay. I think uh, on having more notice will be better. So. Second tier is like, you know, it's going to be a great thing
1: for to me Australian football because you're going to it's going to allow us to see different kinds of players than ones that we haven't seen. Say watching in the A League, like we could discover the next best national national team goal scorer by these
3: national second this by national second you know division. I mean, like we could be watching teams like Marconi and
1: yeah,
3: like a beleaguered in the league if they do come up, and you know, maybe they maybe they might have an answer at some of these things. We just don't know until this league comes
1: about and if this league, you know,
2: is as popular with the people as yeah, the other yeah. football and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, look, I think we, we all we all want this second division. We all want it as quick as we can for 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 football. Um, it it needs the second division, but I think there's just so so many uncertainties around it, uh, Joey that Nobody really knows until somebody literally comes out and says, right, these are the 16 teams. These are the 12 teams that have applied. These are the ones we've given licences to. Only then will we know how the structure is going to work, I think. So um, it's a great question, but I'm not sure we're the right guys for that, unfortunately, mate.
1: (laughs) We we, we can only speculate, (laughs) I guess. You know, with the national team, obviously, going
3: through a very interesting time at the moment, could this national second division be a catalyst to discovering Unknown players that maybe can, how about in the national team if they could have all scoring records that are up to scratch with the
2: league? That look, would be something that would really help out the league or help out the national teams. There'll be other players that can add something different to the squad than the players we've seen over the past decade. Yeah, look, my personal opinion, and I'll let the guys have their say, my personal opinion is that I'd love to see it as an under 23s um, league, but that's not going to happen. Uh, it would be fantastic to have the A League and then an under 23s under that. Uh, promoting the youngsters because I'm sure if you've got local youngsters playing every week in a high quality league, that the numbers of spectators will grow. Um, that's my own personal opinion. Having seen it, it done in Europe, it would be it would it would be what I would want. But I said yeah, I don't think it would happen because it's, yeah, it's just the. The infrastructure is not able to be able to yeah. do that.
1: But, Gents, we also got to get rid of maybe the, the romance of, you know, having um, under 23 players or having this um, uh, high-level sort of uh, league that's going to um, lift the quality of, of it. It comes back down to dollars and cents, or maybe not so much cents these days. No-one looks at that, but dollars. Uh, end of the day, the you know, some of those clubs, uh, like Steve, um, you mentioned Merit, I think. Some of those clubs that get to the NPL playoffs pre-COVID, they'll... They were clubs that were not very marketable. I mean, I don't know, Adamstown Rosebud, uh, uh, Campbelltown yeah. City from South Australia. Uh, who else? Blacktown City from New South Wales. Yeah. Great, fantastic, but they, they weren't crowd pulling. Um, especially yeah, well, nationally, I level. think that
3: merit is extended to not only on the field, but definitely like what are you doing off the off field? The field? Yep. What have, have yeah. you got a good women's program? Are you pulling crowds to your games? Are you good at putting out merchandise? Do you have yeah. money Do you have a good venue? Um, yeah, it's like you can't just have a team who's just winning everything, but they've got no one who wants to know about them.
1: But what I, the point I'd like to make it is, it could it be a developmental league, Craig, not just for not just for young players, but for clubs. So before the clubs actually go into the A League, you know, there is talk about expansion and what you're not, and the next club may be from Tasmania, may be from Canberra, it may be a, a second Brisbane team. Would you like to see clubs sort of? Almost spend like a little bit of an incubation period in this national second division before they kind of get their infrastructure ready, sort of you know at twenty five percent capacity, and then when they're ready to go, they get not promoted but uh, accepted into the A League. Would that would that be one way of getting these clubs to get their stuff right before they actually go into the uh, big the big party?
2: There's there's a there's a case for that, isn't there? Um, but we've mm-hmm. just spoken about a, a team that's been, um, you know, only in the league for three years and have just won the grand final. So, um, and they haven't got all their eggs in baskets, have they? You know, they haven't got their own stadium, mm-hmm. haven't got their academy set up. How long does that take um, to, to to get that set up? Is the, I suppose the questions: Are they grounds up to scratch? Do they have the academy? Do they have a women's team? There'll be lots of questions that need to be answered. Um, you know, if we look back at the last 10 years, Steve, you would probably know better than me. Um, Central Coast Mariners have finished in the bottom of the league in how many uh, 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 years? Uh, yep yeah, um, several consecutive, if I'm seven right. Seven consecutive yeah. yeah. finishers. With a wooden spoon. So, um, look again. It, until the AAAFC come out and say what's going to happen, I think we can we can just talk about this till the till uh, lookout come on. So, um,
1: it's yeah, a interesting topic. And thank you, Joey Giacomazzo, for bringing it up. That that is a really interesting topic, and I, I'm certainly not one that's going to go away um, very uh, very quickly. And it shouldn't because that you know has been talked about now for a few years. And as you said, Craig, it is scheduled to start uh next year and look I, I think as long as they get the, the the process right and even if the first year is almost like a i won't say slap together sort of a, a thing but as long as they've got it right and said this is how you're going to be able to get in we might only have 12 clubs for the first year but year two we're going to expand it to 16 and this is how we're going to foot, um, so the people know people know in advance um but anyway, definitely Look, It might not be that. it might
2: not be a sixteen team tournament, it might be, it? might it might be a ten team tournament, a twelve team yeah. tournament, or even yeah. an eighteen for that first year. Um, and then you have the, the, the teams coming on once they're ready. Um, it's not a it's not a one size fits all. I think um, Nick Galatis said that. Um, it's, mm. it's very difficult to try and implement. Um, but it'd be great to see. It'd be great to see. Uh, Call us, folks, now, 0497
1: 234 The talkback lines are open. We will take one more caller if we can, if there's anyone there. Um, So the Football West talkback lines. Here's your opportunity to set the agenda. We constantly talk about the fans having their say. Now we're giving the opportunity for um, people listening in, watching this show, to have their say. Or maybe just to give a plug out to your local club, whatever that club is. How did they go on the weekend? Um, did they do well? Are they doing well off the field? Is there anything exciting happening at your club? Uh, we'd love to hear from you, whoever you may be. Oh four nine seven one five one two three four. Steve, uh, we're back for the um, Geelong Region Soccer Show tomorrow, and then the Ospreys Soccer Show. There will there will be a um, there will be a special tribute to. Maxi Scentage on Tuesday night's show. That's uh, Tuesday night this week, not Wednesday at eight thirty PM.
2: Have we got anyone uh, on the line, Craig? Uh, no, we haven't, Tonch. Um, unfortunately, we're not. We'd, we're not good at getting people to phone in. They all want to have it in the comments, but they don't want to come on and, and, and chat to us. So uh, well, you know, it's, something, it's something that we're, we're trying to push. You know, it is, at the end of the day, it is it is your show. Um, you know, come on and, and have your say. But uh, maybe maybe next week we'll, uh, we'll get some guests coming on.
1: Yeah, look, we're, we appreciate... There was once upon a time we used to get angry for people not becoming active and not getting involved, but we do appreciate, A, those people that do contribute in the comments section, B, um, to everyone that does, tune in and watch it. And especially we're very, very thankful to our major sponsors, Caroline Springs, George Cross who have been absolutely amazing this year, um, as they have over the four, course of the four seasons that we've had this show. It, uh, episode 90, not one that was uh, easy to put together. Gents, I thank you very much for um, gritting your teeth and, uh, and, and and getting through this um, episode tonight. Um, this yeah, episode and you two, tonight. made as well. Yeah. So. This episode was dedicated to our good friend and a, and a loyal listener of the show, Maxi Santich, who... Uh, Tragically passed away overnight. We believe it was a heart attack in his sleep. And our condolences go out to his uh, young wife, Maya, um, his young daughter. And I believe there's also uh, another on the way And um, to everyone who who knew him. Sad, very, very sad. And on that sombre note, we leave you tonight. Um, Go home. (laughs) If you are not home, hug and kiss your most loved ones because we're here today and not tomorrow. Um, on that note, folks, thank you very much for tuning in. Craig, thanks for being a part of the show. We look forward to your contribution next week.
2: Thank you, Tonsh, and uh, thanks everybody. And uh, well done on tonight, mate. I know it was—it's—it's uh, it's never easy. Um, yeah. but, uh, got through it well, mate. So well done.
1: Good on you guys. Um, thank you, Steve. We'll see you tomorrow for the Geelong Region Soccer Show.
3: Yeah, we'll see you tomorrow evening at eight PM for the Geelong Region Soccer Show.
1: Good good night, folks. Once again, thank you sincerely for being a part of tonight's show. Good night.
3: Thank you and good night.